If you're interested in listening ad-free, go to patreon.com slash the SCP experience. There you can enjoy my ad-free podcast and never have to listen to ads again. That's patreon.com slash the SCP experience. Now time for the story. Entry number 389, June 5th, 2022. Something strange is happening. The sense of unreality I've been feeling seems to be increasing. Or maybe other people just keep getting stranger. To the point where I can no longer identify with them. At work today, the guy in the cubicle next to me stood up suddenly and banged his head into the wall. I saw it happen. It wasn't very hard or anything. He wasn't trying to hurt himself. And if he was, he did a piss poor job of it. And when he sat back down, I heard him laugh softly, almost like an embarrassed chuckle. I waited for someone else to say something, someone who knows the guy better than me, but no one did. People were talking to clients on the phone, working on their computers, or surfing the net on the company dime. No one seemed to notice, and if they did, they didn't care. I mean, I'm all for personal freedoms. If you need to bang your head into the wall once in a while to get through the week, I guess I don't have a problem with it. Maybe it's a new management tactic. I've only been working at the place for a couple of months. Maybe they had a meeting where some productivity guru said, the key to a happy workplace is smacking your head against the wall. But that wasn't the only strange thing that happened today. Oh no. On my way home from work, while I was heading to the subway, I saw something else. I was cutting through the park when I saw one of those horse-drawn carriages that tourists ride around the park in. But the carriage wasn't the weird thing. It was the people on the sidewalk looking at the horse. There were four of them, three women and one man. Now, it's not all that strange for people to come up to a horse while it stopped. I mean, how many people get to see horses in their everyday life? Not many, I'd guess. They really are magnificent animals. Anyway, these people weren't asking to pet the horse. They weren't talking to the carriage driver about the animal. In fact, the driver was staring straight ahead as if he didn't want to acknowledge their presence. These four people, all in their 20s or 30s, were just standing there, staring at the horse. And as I made my way past, an older couple came up and asked the driver for a ride. They seemed a little weirded out by the people staring, but they didn't let that stop them. The driver seemed relieved, telling them to get in. When the couple was all settled, the driver coaxed the horse into moving, and the four people on the sidewalk moved with the carriage. They skipped sideways, keeping their eyes on the horse as it gained speed. Pretty soon, they had to turn their bodies and jog to keep up with the carriage, but their eyes never left the horse. I watched until one woman smacked into a streetlight on the sidewalk because she wasn't looking where she was going. She got up, her face bleeding, as nearby people closed in to see if she was okay. The other three people just kept on running with that horse-drawn carriage. I know that Dr. Silas said this journalist for my feelings, but I just had to write this down. Things like this make me feel as if I'm losing touch with humanity. It scares me. Entry number 391, June 7th, 2022. 
it's not just me. The city is going insane. There's some kind of mass hysteria happening. I can't think of any other explanation for it. I write this down on Saturday night after one of the strangest days I've ever had. I really, I'm having a really hard time with this. Something's wrong with the world or maybe just the people in it. It's some kind of breaking point. More and more people are going insane. Pretty soon, we all will. Let me start from the beginning. Maybe writing it down will help me make some sense of it. Dr. Silas says I need to go out more. He says, I can't just sit at home whenever I'm not working. He says it's not healthy. But after today, I'm inclined to think that staying inside is the far healthier choice. I started out by going to get my tea and breakfast at the Digital Age Cafe on 14th. I don't do coffee anymore because it makes me anxious. Anyway, as I was walking into the cafe, I saw a beautiful woman walking toward me on the sidewalk. She reminded me of Ashley in some ways, the same olive skin, dirty blonde hair, and brown eyes. She had her phone in her hand and she was looking at it every couple of steps, then looking back up at the sidewalk as if she was scanning the people. Or maybe she was just making sure she didn't run into anyone. Either way, as we grew nearer, our eyes met and I managed a smile. I wasn't about to try and stop her to talk, that's not my style, but I wanted to be polite. She surprised me by fixing her eyes on me and saying, excuse me. Yes, I said, stopping to see what she wanted. You dress terribly, she said. You're losing your hair, but I can tell you're in denial about it. This makes me sad. Looking at you makes me sad. I don't even know you but I feel like being your friend would be exhausting and being your lover would be disgusting. After she said these things, she smiled politely, much like I had smiled at her and turned and walked away, looking back down at her phone as she went. I stood there for a long time, my face hot with shame and humiliation. Some of the people that passed on the sidewalk looked at me and I could tell they were all thinking the same thing. That woman, just said what everyone was thinking. What I didn't understand was why, why me? Had she taken my smile as the precursor to a lecherous remark or a sleazy pickup line? What would possess a perfect stranger to say such things to me? What was wrong with me? I realized I was shaking and I felt the whole world was staring at me, disgusted by my very existence. I was no longer hungry. I wanted nothing but to be back home, away from all the people I had nothing in common with. All the people that looked at me and saw only a poor excuse for a man. Deciding to go home as quickly as I could, I turned around, thankful to see that the woman was gone from sight. I couldn't bear to be near her again. I couldn't bear her eyes on me again. As I rushed down the sidewalk, I came upon a bank, one that was still open because it wasn't even noon yet. And as I passed in front of it, a man in a mask, a hooded sweatshirt and blue jeans shoved through the door and collided with me. He was carrying a backpack held in one hand. When he smacked into me, he dropped the bag. Evidently, it hadn't been closed properly because it came open, spilling money all over the sidewalk. But there was no paper money, only quarters. Probably a couple of hundred dollars worth of quarters, 
both loose and in rolls. The man didn't seem to care that he'd lost half his takings. He simply scooped up the bag, laughed like a maniac, (laughs) and ran into the street. He didn't make it far before a woman in a truck slammed on her brakes, trying to stop before hitting this man, this bank robber. But she did hit him. The truck was big enough that he didn't go up onto the windshield. Instead, his legs went under the bumper and he cracked down into the hard asphalt, one of the tires crunching over his midsection before the truck finally stopped. It was disturbing to say the least, but I was numb at the time. It seemed so surreal. I knew the police would want to talk to witnesses, so I waited around. It was the right thing to do. By the time the police were done taking my statement, I had calmed down some. It was early afternoon, and I decided to go to a small nearby park and enjoy the weather. Seeing the bank robber die like that kind of put things into perspective. But even in the park, I couldn't escape the insanity. In a wide field next to the playground, I saw about 15 people standing around, looking at each other. There were men and women of nearly every ethnicity and age. Almost most of them were younger, late teens to mid twenties. They were just standing around, about six feet from each other. There were some other people around, a group of about five throwing a frisbee nearby, one kid and his father flying a kite, a couple and their two young children sitting down for a picnic, normal park stuff. But the group of 15 wasn't doing anything, not at first. Then some other people joined them, five other people to be exact. There were 20 of them, I counted. I was sitting on a bench nearby, a bad feeling growing in my gut. And on some hidden signal, all 20 of these people pulled kitchen knives out of their pockets or purses or backpacks. Some of the knives were small, some were large. All of them glinted in the sun. The family picnicking saw this and the parents quickly gathered their children up and rushed them away. And they did it just in time too because the 20 people all threw their knives into the air at once. Some of them ran away as soon as they threw them, trying to get out of the drop zone. Others looked up so they could try and dodge the knives when they came down. I found myself standing in front of the bench, one arm out as if to help, my mouth wide in disbelief. I wasn't close enough to be hit with one of those falling knives, but that didn't make it any less terrible. Six of the people who'd thrown knives got stabbed, Two of them died from their wounds. One who'd taken a blade to the eyeball and the other who'd taken one in the neck after he collided with another person and fell on his back. The four others were stabbed in their arms or shoulders or feet or legs. Several other people were lucky. The knives that hit them came down handle first. But the worst part of it all was the kid who was flying the kite. Neither he nor his father had seen what was happening and the kid took a blade to the chest. He died in his father's arms. Those that weren't injured ran away laughing, looking at their phones, like it was all a game to them, like they didn't hear the screaming of the injured and dying behind them. I couldn't stay there any longer. I couldn't talk to the police again. So I left the park and came home. Something is really wrong. I don't know how much more I can take. Entry number 392. June 8th, 2022. I got a call from my friend Terry today, not an hour ago now. I hadn't heard from him in a while and was surprised to see his name on my phone as it buzzed on my bedside table. Hello? 
I said, answering the phone. Hey, Jamie. Terry said. Get a haircut. Then he <laughs> laughed and hung up. I stared at the phone for a long moment after he ended the call. I'll admit, I was thinking about ending it all. I thought it was just too much for me. Everything that happened yesterday weighed on me heavily, and the way out seemed clear enough. But just before my phone went dark in my hand, I noticed something on my home screen. It was just a black circle with the word play underneath it. I'd never seen it before, and I'd certainly never downloaded any such app. So I clicked it. A simple screen came up. At the very top was the single word score. Underneath that one word was the number zero. Underneath the number was the word instructions. Beneath that, it said, salute the sun, one point. I got up from my bed and walked over to the window, parting the curtains. The mid-morning sun was there in the sky, and I saluted it, just like the instruction said. The zero changed to a one in the score section. There was something about seeing that score change that brought me a fleeting yet enthralling sense of peace. Thoughts of suicide were gone, and all the events of the past few days started to make sense. It was like a hidden knowledge I'd been searching for all my life had been imparted by this simple app on my smartphone. I found myself smiling, feeling good for the first time in a very long time. The instructions on the phone changed. They said, walk on glass, describe how it sounds, 90 points. As I walked out of my bedroom to find some glass to walk on, I felt something I'd been missing. I felt like I belonged. SCP-1883 is a mobile app or consumer software application designed to run on mobile phones. The interface for SCP-1883 consists of a single screen with a text area labeled score and another labeled instructions. Provided a phone with SCP-1883 is connected to the mobile network, the instructions field will be updated at changing intervals with a new task that the holder of the mobile phone is to perform and an award in points. If this task is performed before the instruction field changes, the score field is increased by the number of points described. It is not known how SCP-1883 detects whether a task has been completed. Certain instructions require the user to interact with other human beings, by phone or in person. When such an interaction is performed, SCP-1883 spreads to the victim's mobile phone through unknown means. This SCP has a compulsive effect on users who describe the application using words such as interesting and fun. They will attempt to perform the tasks even if they are pointless, dangerous, or unlawful. This effect increases with large groups of SCP-1883 users who compete with each other for points and follow informal hierarchies based on each other's score. <laughs>